0: Chapter Thirty Four of the Wife of the Secretary of State. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Wife of the Secretary of State by Ella Middleton Tybout. Chapter Thirty Four David Lee had turned the corner. He had, in fact, made rapid strides along the road to recovery, so much so that he was now permitted to cross the hall into Mrs. Redmond's sitting-room every afternoon, where he held informal receptions, and received attention enough, he said, to turn his head entirely. To which remark Mr. Grimes, who happened to be present, returned concisely that when a head had so lately been cracked, it was well to keep it steadily in one position, lest the crack be revealed to the world in general. David settled himself in the armchair consecrated to his use, and glanced about expectantly. "'She's not here,' volunteered Mr. Grimes kindly. "'You're an hour earlier than you were yesterday. Getting feverish again?' Lee blushed with the consciousness of a girl, and the member from South Dakota laughed in great good humor. Fact is, he said, crossing his legs comfortably, I happened in when I knew everybody was out, because I want to have a talk, if you think you're able. Don't mind, do you? No, said David, certainly not. I want to talk, Mr. Grimes, or rather to ask questions, and you know they have not let me speak of anything they thought exciting. I'm very grateful for the care, of course, but I think I'm getting tired of being nursed, and there are things I must know, questions which must be answered by somebody. Mr. Grimes crossed his short legs as comfortably as his rotundity of figure would permit. Fire away, Sonny, he remarked genially. When you've finished, I've got a few inquiries to make in return. But, said Lee, hesitating, it's department matters I want to talk about with the secretary, or perhaps Senator Byrd. "'You're very kind, Mr. Grimes, but—' Mr. Grimes chuckled with great enjoyment. "'I'm your man,' he said importantly. "'I reckon that just now I am as well up in the affairs of the nation, so far as the State Department is concerned, as the Secretary himself, and perhaps a little better. "'Things got so muddled I found I'd have to put a finger in the pie after all. "'So trust your Uncle Joshua, Davy, and sail in.' When Mr. Grimes referred to himself as Uncle Joshua, it was an indication he was well pleased with the world, and he applied the title in much the same spirit with which he usually referred to his country as Uncle Sam. "'They make a great team,' he remarked modestly on one occasion. "'Your Uncle Joshua and your Uncle Samuel.' Lee rested his head against the back of his chair a little languidly. He found himself not quite so ready to accept Mr. Grimes's invitation to sail in as he had anticipated. "'The secretary told me,' he said slowly, "'not to worry about the Roostchuk matter, that it was all right. Is this possible?' "'Yes,' returned Mr. Grimes cheerfully. "'Quite possible. Papers turned up intact, villain spotted by your humble servant. Great scene for the stage, David.' virtue triumphant vice vanquished red fire tableau curtain i don't understand said lee puzzled where were the papers found the member from south dakota leaned forward that he might watch his companion's face in your coat pocket he said anticipating an astonished exclamation but the young man merely nodded impatiently oh if that's all he said a bundle of blank papers i thought you had really found them and i wondered he checked himself abruptly blank grandmother ejaculated mr grimes they were the real thing but it's a long story now listen carefully for i don't like to repeat myself being rather short-winded and david listened with breathless attention as his companion rapidly sketched the events of the period during which he lay unconscious as a result of contact with colonel st john's brick marks he interrupted once and miss christine gray why i know them both impossible no do you though said mr grimes with interest well then perhaps you'd like my opinion of your friend marks He is either the deepest double-eyed rascal in the country, or he should have a guardian appointed to look after him when he walks abroad. I've not been able to make up my mind which. "'He is not a villain,' said David, laughing. "'I would stake my own reputation on that fact, but he is—well, unusual.' "'Unusual! There he sat, David, and there we sat, the Secretary of State, a United States Senator, and a member of Congress—' a dignified and awe-inspiring assembly to confront the average youth. Did we phase him? Not we. He said he picked up the papers, so he believed, in Lafayette Park. He left them, if his memory did not fail him, at the door of Miss Gray's boarding-house. Why, he did not know. That was all. We simply hammered at him, but not an inch further did we get." "'Probably,' interposed David. "'He told you all he knew.' (laughs) "'Hm!' ejaculated Mr. Grimes. "'Well, that's all he did tell us, "'and the Secret Service men set to watch him "'and trace his very thoughts, "'report him of unblemished character, "'and can account for every minute "'of his valuable time for months. "'But to resume.' "'And once more he took up the thread of his narrative. "'Rivers,' interrupted David again, THE MEMBER FROM VIRGINIA? THE MAN WHO—' Well, said Mr. Grimes, why hesitate? I don't know why I should hesitate, I'm sure. I was merely going to ask if it is the man Miss Byrd is to marry. No, ejaculated Mr. Grimes explosively. Not by a long shot. She's going to marry somebody else if I know anything about it. David turned his face into the shadow. Whom? he inquired, studiously indifferent. Mr. Grimes did not reply. Instead, he screwed up one eye in a long, deliberate wink, and resumed his story. And so, he concluded seriously, I went to the President myself and laid the whole matter before him. He was hard to convince, but I had my proof, only I didn't want to drag that little grey girl into any more unpleasantness than necessary. "'He's a very straight fellow at the bottom, the President is, and don't tolerate anything slippery if he knows it, so he sent for Rivers. Well?' "'Well, that's all. Rivers is going abroad. His term expires this fall, and I understand his district will have another representative next session, as the gentleman from Virginia does not mean to run again.' "'Mr. Grimes,' said David thoughtfully. "'That's me?' returned the member promptly. "'You've told me about the first paper, which disappeared, but how about the last? The synopsis, you know?' The secretary found it in his desk. "'What?' exclaimed Lee in astonishment. Mr. Grimes nodded. "'In his desk, here at the house,' he repeated. "'He thinks it got caught in the drawer and was overlooked. It's queer, very queer.' "'Lee was sitting upright, a bewildered expression on his face. "'How did it get there?' he inquired. "'Ah,' returned his companion, "'I don't know. What's more, I didn't ask. "'There are more things in heaven and earth, you know, David, "'and I'd no wish to upset another hornet's nest. "'The main point is that they were intact. "'The secretary thinks he put them there and forgot it "'and deplores his absent-mindedness. "'I think—' "'Yes?' said Lee breathlessly. "'What do you think?' "'Well,' returned the stout gentleman, "'since I've been quoting Shakespeare I'll do it again. It's my opinion there is something rotten in the State of Denmark, as well as the Honorable Charles Rivers of Virginia, but I intend not to make or suggest any further investigations, and I strongly advise you to follow my example. Now, young man, a few questions on my part.' What the devil were you doing in the octagon house, and who hit you? Out with it, for I don't take much stock in your not knowing. Lee leaned back in his chair and closed his eyes wearily. The conversation had been somewhat exhausting. Mr. Grimes, he said reluctantly, I'm afraid I've been an awful fool. I shouldn't wonder, my boy, young men often are, but it's something if you recognize the fact. Let's hear about it. I believed I knew who took those papers. The night of the ball here I discovered, as I thought, a clue. It wasn't much, just a bit of State Department paper with a few words on it, but I saw who dropped it. I unfortunately lost it myself and came back here after everybody was gone and made a thorough search. I went over every inch of the floor, but it wasn't there. I had papers on the brain and wanted to find them the worst way, and suddenly remembered the secretary's desk in the library. I thought it possible he might have put them there, as you say he did the synopsis, so I even looked through it. He paused an instant, then continued. Well, they weren't there, so I went home without meeting any anyone, although I had a curious sensation of being watched and followed. The next day the secretary went to the White House and brought back the synopsis. He was much troubled, and talked the matter over with Senator Byrd and Mr. Rivers, who returned with him. He put the paper in his desk, but went to receive the diplomats without removing the key. Miss Byrd came in to meet her father, and I took her to the State Department library. We stayed a long time, and when I got back, the secretary was just going out to lunch with Mrs. Redmond. I found something on the floor by the desk which made me anxious." another clue, I thought. Well, of course, the next thing was the discovery of the loss of the synopsis. I worried a good deal over it, and determined to go through the secretary's private desk myself, thinking it might have caught somewhere, for it wasn't a bulky document like the other. The night after Christmas I felt out of sorts with the world, and didn't want to go anywhere or do anything, so I started for the department to get up some back work." While I was there, I happened to think of looking up the paper. I had a key which Mr. Redmond had once given me, and I made a thorough search, but the paper was not to be found. It was late when I left. Lee paused, and endeavoured to collect his thoughts. Just why I turned up New York Avenue I don't know. I suppose I was absorbed in thought, for I had been making notes on some important matters to bring to the attention of the secretary in the morning— and had put some loose bits of paper in my pocket, intending to elaborate them when I got home, for I wasn't sleepy. Well, I suddenly discovered I was going the wrong way, and turned down an alley as a shortcut home. It ran back of the octagon house, and was dark and lonely enough, with the high brick wall and vacant old house, and I had some idea of going back, although I had often used it before as a shortcut." However, I kept on till I got opposite a break in the wall, when something, curiosity, I suppose, made me stop and look through. "'Well?' inquired Mr. Grimes with interest. "'Well,' said Lee simply, "'that's all. The next thing I knew I was here, awfully light-headed and queer feeling, with Miss Mary Gray nursing me, and everybody wonderfully kind, Mrs. Redmond sitting with me, Miss Bird sending me flowers— the secretary acting as though I were his own son, and you, Mr. Grimes, coming to see me every day, and even keeping my room and belongings at the boarding-house undisturbed. I don't know how to thank you.' But Mr. Grimes was looking in his card-case and did not reply. "'Was the scrap of paper you found and lost again at the ball anything like this?' he demanded, producing a dingy bit with a few words upon it. "'That is it!' said David eagerly. Where did you get it? Picked it up myself, returned Mr. Grimes, tossing it into the fire, and I think that's the best place for it. Of course the scrap rivers found in the octagon house was part of your notes and dropped from your pocket. The round red face of the member from South Dakota was very serious as he watched the bit of tricolored cord blaze and blacken in the hearth. David, he said slowly. Whom do you suspect? Lee crimsoned and turned his face into the shadow. You won't say? Well, it's all right, only understand clearly that the incident is closed irrevocably, and remember that circumstantial evidence is often misleading. You came perilously near being charged with a serious crime, and I realize you were in a mighty tight box, but you're well out of it after all. The old chap found dead in the octagon house I take to be responsible for your cracked skull, but he isn't going to make any explanations, and so, David, I propose the subject of the Roostchook papers be tabooed in future. Talking will do no good, so we'll drop the subject. I've been a fool, that's all, said Lee quietly, and I'm glad of it. A rustle of skirts became apparent in the hall, and Mr. Grimes rose with alacrity. "'I guess you don't need me any more,' he remarked cheerfully, "'for there are Mrs. Richmond and Miss Byrd, and if that is not enough for one fellow, I don't know what is.' But it was only Isabel who entered as the congressman went out, her cheeks glowing with the cold air, and her eyes shining with a soft brightness Lee thought pleasant to look upon. She told him various little items of news she thought would interest him, and finally lapsed into silence as the daylight waned and shadows filled the room. Lee looked at the bright hair, with the firelight playing over it, and at the curve of the cheek, against which dark lashes rested. Isabel, he whispered. Her color faded, then suddenly returned, dyeing her face with the tint of a wild rose. David forgot he was merely an impecunious private secretary, and she the daughter of Senator Byrd, as he leaned forward and caught her hands. The memory of their relative positions, however, leaped obnoxiously to the fore, and checked the words trembling upon his lips, so he released the little hands and sank back in his chair, suddenly weak and exhausted. Isabel looked anxiously at the pale face and closed eyes, Then her lips curved with the ghost of a smile, and the dimple in her cheek showed a decided inclination to appear. She left her low divan and seated herself upon the arm of his large chair, her lips close to his ear. David, she whispered softly, I'm waiting, go on. End of chapter 34